You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two here on Sportsnet Today. Peter Klein with you lovely folks. If you missed any of segment one, or uh, hour one, sorry, uh, shame on you, but not all is lost. You can find it in podcast form very, very soon, although maybe not as soon because I am asking a lot of Cam this upcoming segment. Uh, although I suppose uh, I could play this stuff from my end, but I'm not going to be a team player in that sort of way. Uh, coming up here in the next hour, I have a question for the text line. Is it ever okay to fully bail? Like, not just, oh, I'm not watching anymore this season, but like, I am like putting my jerseys up on Poshmark and uh, thrift stores and I'm buying other teams jerseys. I am officially now done with this team and moving on strictly on performance. Like if the, not that they will because new arena, that'd be bad. But uh, if the Calgary Flames move tomorrow, I would expect some of you would be like, screw those guys. I'm cheering for Arizona now or whoever. But just for, man, they suck. I can't cheer for them anymore. I am officially done with this team. Is that ever okay? Because I think one team is putting that to the test. And we will talk about that coming up um, in the second part here of the second hour. Uh, But the Calgary Flames with a, a bit of a breather today as they get ready for a game against the Anaheim Ducks. Coming up uh, tomorrow, I believe that game is, as we approach the Christmas break. It's been a pretty good run for the Flames, um, all things considered, given how the the schedule was incredibly daunting um, and not a lot of people had high hopes for this team. I I think they have kind of exceeded expectations through this run and now have a, a winnable game coming up here to try to work their way closer to a playoff spot as a lot of change looms overhead. But it's been a pretty good job from this Calgary Flames team at the and the the man at the helm of all of that is Ryan Huska. He spoke with the media today. Ryan, your couple games, uh, or one game, I think, under 500. What, how much does that benchmark mean to you when you have a chance here to go 500 for Christmas? I think it's important. Um, we have to keep finding ways to win games, and our job now is to try to chase the teams down that are in front of us. So um, by doing that, it'll allow us to get to that 500 mark. Uh, our play over the last little while has been improved, so we just have to make sure we keep that for these two games before Christmas. Have a guy like Chris Tanev come back in the lineup. Uh, how does that make a guy like Noah Hannafin's life slash job easier? I, I think it allows Noah to feel like he's got a little bit more freedom to be able to join the play at times, to be able to get moving around in the offensive zone. And if he were to get himself caught or out of position, Chris would cover him off. And I think they have the relationship now too, where Noah feels very comfortable if Chris um, provides some feedback, and the same thing the other way around. So both of them are really good with each other in regards to how they they communicate with each other. But I, I think it's more about a, a safety thing that Noah knows that if I do make a mistake, more than likely Chris is there to back him up. What kind of confidence are you seeing Jacob Markstrom instill in the group when there is a turnover, a high danger yeah. chance against? He's sitting at 855 high danger save percentage yeah. this year, which is about 60 above league average. Yeah, that's uh, a real big thing for your team. You know, when you there's certain points of a game where you lose momentum. Um, and if your players know that if there's a mistake that gets made a lot, like we just talked about with Chris and Noah, that someone's there to back you up. And when the players know that their goaltender's on and he's feeling good about his game, he's going to stop a lot of those shots that we don't want to be giving up. Um, but right from the beginning of the year, he's been that guy for us. So it allows the team to play, uh, feel you know, confident in front of him that if there were a mistake, that there's a pretty good chance he's going to bail them out. 
we, we asked you earlier about Connor and his time in the American League, but what about you as a coach? Like, what did you learn or how did you develop getting down there and riding the bus for a few years? Um, a lot. I mean, the American League is a great league for all sorts of people, right from uh, the trainers that we have here now. Um, our strength coach spent time down there. Um, you learn how to work with professional hockey players, depending on where you come from, of course. Um, you have a lot of older players that are still wanting to play in the NHL. Some of them are on their way out of the game. Um, so you learn how to work with those type of players as well as the importance of developing young guys. So you spend a lot of time um, thinking of ways where you can make a player like Connor Zari better and allow him to be ready for his opportunity at the next level, even though you know that, geez, if I put him out in this situation, uh, he might not be ready for it and this mistake might cost us a game. I think that's part of learning in the American League and coaches, players, trainers, it's, it's kind of all the same. What's your uh, what's your philosophy on block shots in terms of the balance of how necessary they are and how and, and the amount that you want in a game? Yeah, they're necessary without a doubt. I mean, if you want to be a team that wins at the the important time of the year, you have to have guys that are committed to sacrifice for their teammates, and that's a it's a real big thing with the way some of these guys shoot nowadays. The balance is if you're blocking a lot of shots, you don't have the puck enough. And, you know, when you look at our game against Florida, we were spending too much time in our own zone. So um, you like the structure that we had, but we have to do a better job of once we get the puck, we have to complete our next play to get out because I don't think you can rely on the shot blocking um, consistently, but there's certain times in a game where you have to have it, and our guys have shown a real good job over the last little while of being willing to eat pucks for their teammates. Does your heart kind of skip a beat when you see a guy like Tanev do that game after game? He had 10 the other day. Not, not with him. It's funny because he knows how to do it. Uh, he Over the years, he's learned how to put his body in the right spot, so most times he's getting hit where he should be hit. Um, so he knows the positioning in regards to where he is based on where the goalie and the goal is. And any area that he's probably been hit in before when he's doing that, he's got extra padding in those areas. So I don't worry about Chris because he has a real good understanding of, of how to place his body to keep him out of harm's way. Kind of to your point, you're not always like uh, going to be... It's, you're, there's gonna have, you're going to have nights where you do spend more time mm -hmm. in your own zone. How do you like the way that your group is defended when you've had to and, and kept teams to the outside? Hey, we're, it's, it's getting better. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were a little bit all over the place in our own zone, trying to pick up some new things. Um, our, our structure positioning is much better where we feel like we have the inside taken care of a little bit more than we did before. The, the next step of it is making sure it's the competitive side where when you're in a one-on-one -on -one for a puck battle, we have to find a way to win those more often. Um, and then once we do get it, as I mentioned earlier, it's about completing that next place so we don't have to spend extra time in our own zone. Have you over the years uh, been concerned just going into the, a holiday break that guy's heads may not be in the right spot. I used to hate it junior time, I can tell you that much, because yeah. they were most definitely, but I don't, I don't, for my time up here, I, I feel like they're pros and they understand the season, they understand the time of the year and, and they make sure they're ready for these games. So um, typically, also with the situation that we're in, there's there's importance on these games. So um, we have to make sure we're ready to play, but I don't, I don't, or I haven't really felt that way at this level. Have you guys talked about a goal in terms of where you want to be coming back from these two? Uh, we have different things that we follow for sure along the way. Yeah. You guys have Anaheim coming up on Friday, and they're a group that have shown to kind of be a little bit streaky and can really upset teams. 
What, uh, what are you expecting from them and what do you guys need to do to keep rolling and build on how you play? Yeah, a very hard working team. I mean, that's one thing that we know for sure that we're going to see from them, but I, I do still feel like this is about our team and we have to make sure we're doing things the right way. So as much as you prepare for your opponent, you know what their tendencies are, uh, we have to be really good at what we're trying to do if we want to have success. How have you seen Elias Lindholm handle, like you're playing him a minute more than he's ever played in his career on average, how have you seen him handle that workload? I think he's done a, a good job with it. There's there's certain days where we would have probably liked to have offered him a maintenance day, if you want to call it that. Um, but there's also been times when we've thought about it where he says, no, I want to skate. Because sometimes when you're, you're playing more, even just getting on the ice for a little bit of a, a lighter skate at times, it makes the body feel pretty good. So... Um, it's a, it's a lot of minutes, and the, the challenge that we have with him is those minutes are heavy. Against top lines, there's penalty kill, there's power play. He kind of does everything for us, so we as coaches do have to do a, a job of managing his, his time off the ice as well. It's easy for everyone to look at the dip in offensive yeah. numbers with him, but do, do the minutes speak to what he's giving your group? He's, he's funny. Well, not funny, but you know we expect him to generate offense for us, um, but he's also a guy that we expect to play against top lines. So his 200-foot game is... is is right up there in the league in our opinion the way he plays the game um, when you're a, a pure offensive guy a lot of times coaches will start you in the offensive zone on face-offs but in Lindy's situation like you can use an example like the New Jersey game every face-off in the defensive zone that Hughes was on the ice so was Lindy so that takes away a little bit of his offensive ability because he's not in those situations we have to trust him in other areas as well. What have you seen out of your power play play you look like you've been practicing it the yeah. past few days what, where do you want to see it grow the most? Um, well, it, it, it has to have impact, you know, and that's the, the biggest thing for us, that um, maybe shifting mentality a little bit on it, but I guess getting the players to understand that they're all good players and they're on there for a reason too. So move the puck around with confidence, be quick with what they're going to try to do and shoot the puck. At the end of the day, that's what it, it comes down to. So it's a privilege to be on a power play, and uh, I, I think sometimes you have to treat it that way as well. Like, like, would you consider another personnel change? Like, how does sure. a coach try? Yeah, to... just like we have over this last little while, we would for sure. Are yeah. you going to start Gilbert in the shootout, or is he going to be your third guy? <laughs> you ask him, he'd bet you a hundred bucks that he'd score all the time. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Good, I could use yeah. the cash. Yeah. A little bit of a drive-by Gilbert at the end. Uh, all right, there was uh, Flames coach Ryan Huska talking about uh, a number of things, and that certainly would be how I would be selling Lindholm to teams that are trading for him. Like, oh yeah, look, like, uh, offensive numbers are down and hardly notice the guy but asking more of him defensively this year so uh that's why you should give us two firsts for 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 Elias Lindholm but uh still like Ryan Huska has things going and like look we we kind of commented a lot about the the line blender and I was relatively frustrated at how that was going because I, I thought the one thing this team needed was continuity and it turns out the thing that this team needed was lines that freaking worked and now there there's some continuity with them and no one has experienced that more than Nazem Kadri who has found a nice home with Connor Zari and with Martin Pospisil uh Kadri spoke with the media earlier today as well hey when you, when you see uh, a guy like Zari score that big goal what do you think like obviously you're very happy for him but what goes mm -hmm. through your mind uh, the one in Tampa there? Is that yeah, the, one the, the, the insurance. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, I was kind of harping on him all night to, to move the puck up the up the ice, and, you know, I'm glad he took my advice, and, you know, he's uh, <laughs> probably should. Uh, but, uh, no, he's, uh, you know, he's a crafty player. He's, he's going to find, uh, you know, ways to get those opportunities, and it's nice to see it going for him. 
Do you feel like your individual game has has evolved and progressed throughout the year, or does it feel like you're doing the same things now that you mm. were in October too? Feels like I'm doing the exact same thing. You know, I try to uh, approach each game the same, really. Um, you know, regardless, try to you know rise to the occasion and, and rise to the challenge every single game, and you know that's that's definitely. Uh, you know, a chore in itself and, and not easy to do. But, uh, yeah, I f- felt, feel like I'm having, you know, f- feel great this year. And I just want to continue to, to try to get better. But, you know, you have certain foundational things you always, you know, go to. And, you know, I, uh, it's nice to have some success lately. This is kind of what you were talking about in October. You're like, yeah, it's going to come, it's going to come. And, and now it is mm-hmm. starting to go for you. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I've seen that, you know, a lot of times throughout my career just – Sometimes you feel like you're doing the right things and, uh, you know, just not, not getting the results for it, you know, based on production and being on the score sheet. And, you know, sometimes that can get frustrating because you want to be there for your team producing. And, um, you know, but, you know, I think you know, have to maintain a level of patience and, uh, you know, understand the process. And that's, uh, that's what I'm used to doing. Earlier in your career, might you have gotten a little bit frustrated when things weren't going your way? Like, is this sort of a newer mindset for you or have you always been this way? Uh, no, used to be very impatient, and uh, it's, it certainly gets really frustrating. Uh, but, you know, as time goes on, you understand that, you know, once you're in a bit of a hole, you, you can't continue to dig that hole. You know, you got to find uh, some sort of way out of it. Um, you know, and there's certain um, things you can do throughout the course of the game uh, to maybe, you know, buy yourself a lucky bounce here and there, and, and then all of a sudden you're off to the races. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's something you learn. I think patience uh, and experience plays a big role in that. So was it like a just just that experience, or how else did you maybe uh, adopt that new mindset? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, just learning. I think throughout the course of playing so many games and uh, some important games, just understanding that, uh, you know, it's not going to go your way. You know, it's inevitable for, for things to, to to not go your way. That's, that's just... Uh, a certainty in this sport so you got to find ways to fight that adversity and, and battle back and that's uh, that's the key yeah hey, uh, you you've blocked your fair share of shots over the years but when you see a defenseman go through like all your defensemen the other day 28 blocks yep. you glad you're not a defenseman <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know so sometimes i wish i was sometimes i wish i wasn't but uh you know certainly in those type of scenarios i mean uh you know, obviously, Marky's a brick wall back there, and we got some great goaltenders. But you know, the defensemen still take initiative to uh, uh, to sell out and uh, you know make those key blocks because you never know one one of those could uh, you know be a seeing eye shot and end up in the back of the net and, and change the whole momentum of the momentum of the game. So things like that, as players, we acknowledge and we uh, you know we feed off it. Hey, we we think that. When we see you, like last game, you were barking at uh, Mackler or Mikula or whatever. You had a good battle with him. And you're barking at him as you go to the bench or maybe you're yelling at the ref. I don't know, but we saw motion. We always think, oh, that's when Naz is really into the game. Do we, is that a fair assessment? Or are you more into the game when yeah, you're I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes I obviously like to spice things up a little bit and, you know, uh, show that emotion and that's you know that, that can be strategic too I, you know I'm, I'm not uh, you know you could try to get under the uh, opposing team's skin and you know at the end of the day you gotta um, you know have that uh, coolness and calmness to, to not go over the line and uh, you know I don't mind a little a little chirping out there so um, yeah I'm, I always encourage it what, uh, so what was that chat you and Matthew uh, had there? Who's <laughs> that? Yeah, just talking about the holidays and uh, <laughs> you know, what he was doing for Christmas and just wished him all the best.
<laughs> there is Nazem Kadri uh, chatting with the media today, but man, like he has absolutely turned things around. It has been, um, it's been really great to see to to see that the kind kind of just see the guy that you were expecting to see bounce back into this lineup from a a Flames perspective. Uh, we are not done with the Flames who had conversations with the media today, uh, as Chris Tanev who obviously there's a lot of talks surrounding him right now, uh, what he wants, what he maybe doesn't want, uh, where he's going to go, where he's not going to be here. Uh, so we uh, have a chance to hear from Chris Tanner with all of that surrounding him right now, heading into now this roster freeze. Here's that conversation with the media now. You blocked 10 shots the other night. Is your body feeling better after that effort? Or? Oh, it feels good. Whenever we win, feel great. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a goal every game to win, right? How, uh, like, like Ryan was saying, he doesn't really get nervous when you block shots because of your technique and how you've honed that over the years. Just how do you try and position yourself to prevent injury? Or... Um, yeah, I mean, early on in my career, I, I got hurt quite a bit blocking, broke my leg a couple times. So, I mean, just working, oh, it's a lot with the trainers. They've, they've helped me out figure figuring out where I need protection and um, the, the type of protection that's, that's helpful. So, um, over the last number of years, that's that's helped a lot. When you're going through a game when and, and you hit a number like ten, like do you finish the game and do you realize it? Does it I feel have no any different? clue. I thought I blocked two shots. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Raz told me after. I don't. I still don't. I don't think I blocked ten to be honest. But anyways, have you been in double digits before? Do you know? No idea. That's, that <laughs> stuff does not. Uh, it's not something I think about. It's just I'm just playing the game and. Uh, as I said, I'm glad we won. What uh, what were the reactions from your teammates after that? Like Razzie said, chatted with you about nothing. Just happy. Everyone was happy we won and move on from there. I mean, it's uh, sort of last few games before the break, so just trying to uh, get as close to the wild card as as we can before uh, before that stoppage. How um how's your relationship with Noah evolved since you, I think you've been together off and on for like two seasons now more than that How's your no, I mean my first year we played together most most of the time so I mean yeah we've been uh, it's been great obviously he's one of my really good friends so um it's easy to play with him um it's really easy to bounce things off each other because after the game we're always talking and hey what if we do this what if we do that is this better I mean we're we're always sort of talking about how how we can be better together to, to help the team win what, uh, what would it be to be over 500 when you guys settle in for christmas yeah it's uh it's been a, a goal for a while and i mean we've got to 500 and then we we lose a couple games so i mean that's that's something that would be awesome i mean i think our more so our goal is just to to get closer to the, that wild card and um we have two big games that i mean if we win both of those games that that would put us in a great position um, sort of to be able to track down some, some teams ahead of us because when you don't want four or five teams ahead of you it's tough to it's tough to run down that many teams especially the last part of the year where it's a lot of division games so there's a lot of three-point games a lot of overtime games where, where everyone's picking up points so it's hard to make up make up a lot of ground if, if it's if there are a lot of teams you're, you're trying to track down. So there is uh, Chris Tanev, uh, a guy who, like just anyone who plays with him, has found the best version of themselves with him. And that's why I think he's such an interesting pickup um, uh, around trade deadline time. You, you look at like a, 
uh, a Winnipeg who kind of feels like they're a piece or two away, even though like they're playing really good right now, uh, but it kind of feels like they're a piece or two away. And then there's the, the obvious ones that we've heard for a while now, right? Like Toronto, um, Vancouver, although they, they seem to maybe have their defense thing figured out. Um, but the, those would be the, the spots where he really fits and can really make uh, a good impact. But right now he's making an impact with the flames uh, along with Noah Hannafin, who I think like speaking of finding the best version of himself, um, it was off to a bit of a shaky start to begin the year, but I, I've really liked how Hannafin has played the last handful of games. He also, get this, spoke with the media earlier today. Now, what would it mean for you guys to get above 500 here over the last two games? Is that a focus at all? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be huge. You know, I think we've been playing some some really good hockey as of late and uh heading in the right direction. So obviously, uh, you know, Christmas break is uh, that marking point, you know, that most teams look at to see where they're at. So... If we can get over 500 and get closer to that wild card spot, it's a good good position for us. Defensively as a group, have you noticed anything over these last two games as opposed to those other four losses that stood out for you that you were doing better? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think especially off the rush, we haven't been giving up too much off the rush. You know, even if you look at last game, you know, the Florida is a really fast transition team, and I think a lot of that just comes from from the back checking from our forwards and, and just the compete and hard work. You know, I think. Uh, now, there are going to be mistakes here and there in your uh, structure in the D zone, but I think just the, the work ethic has been uh, huge for us. Well, what goes through your head when your D partner blocks 10 shots? Like, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, um, I'm, honestly, I'm pretty used to it by now. I've seen, seen the way he's played for so long. You know, he's, uh, you know, you don't really expect anything else when he's back on the line. But if he has a, an opportunity to get in the way and block a shot and, uh, and, and sacrifice his body for the team, he's going to do it every time. And, um, you know, that's what makes him such a special uh, partner and teammate. What's, uh, like, like, um, can that rub off on, on guys when you see a, a teammate sacrificing them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has to. I mean, when you see guys doing that, you know, that's how you win. That's how you win games. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a huge part of that. And he's a he's a leader on our team. And it was uh, really nice to have him back in the lineup. What goes into when you have a game where maybe you're spending a little bit too much time in your own zone, but limiting damage? Like, what allows you to keep teams to the outside and, and not allow them to get into good areas? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just uh, kind of our, our structure now in our D zone. You know, I think there are still opportunities where we can, uh, you know, we can kill plays a little bit quicker below the red line and, and uh, the goal line, and um, especially as D, you know, take care of that. But um, just keeping them on the perimeter, not letting anybody on the inside, that's what we want to do with that new D zone is just limit those chances from the middle. And, um, you know, that can frustrate other teams sometimes. You know, they have the pop, but they're kind of just circling around the outside. Um, so I thought we've done a good job of that. Has that, has that been something that you've seen really progress as the years gone on? Yeah, it's definitely gotten better. I think at first it took some time to, to adapt to and get used to, but even you know, just looking at our forwards, they're doing such a good job at, at helping out and just getting in shot lanes up top and things like that just to frustrate the other team. Um, and I think once as if we can close a little bit quicker and just break up some of those plays below the goal line, you know, that'll lead to uh, less time in the D zone. Chris talked a lot about the, just the level of communication that you guys have as a pairing, but maybe what are some of the subtleties in his game that make your life easier on a night-in, night-out basis? Yeah, he's just... Uh, yeah, like you said, he, he communicates a lot, and he's always in the right position. He's super sound positionally, and um, you know, as a as a partner, you know, you know where he's going to be at all times. Whenever you have the puck, or if he has the puck, he's very predictable with where he's going to go with it, and that's usually all you want. And he and he works so hard, you know, going back for pucks on breakouts. You know, if I'm going back, he's always setting picks and things like that, just to give me an extra second. So he does all the little things really well. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like we learned something this segment. Uh, that is all the Flames audio we have. Uh, so, uh, a lot to take from that, though. Um, 
I, I really do think like the, the Tanev effect really does help this team. And you can hear it there. Noah Hannafin kind of talking about the, the effect of, uh, of that. And just, you can see it on the ice, how well Hannafin is playing as the Flames get ready for a matchup with the Anaheim Ducks coming up tomorrow. We are live from the DL Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. I know some people who are doing some work on their basement right now. It is wild how quick some of that stuff can just snowball. So you want the best and the best are DL Basement Systems. Uh, Go contact Doug Lacey and the gang there for all of that. All right, time for us to take a break. When we come back, I've been hyping this up all hour. And even before that, all hour and 25 minutes and 15 seconds. There is one team in professional sports right now that is testing its fans to the point where I am legitimately wondering, is it ever okay to just quit on your team as a fan just because they suck? And I'm not talking about I'm not watching this year. I'm talking about I'm selling the jerseys on Facebook Marketplace for 20 bucks. I am going out. I am going on NBA 2K or NHL 24 or FIFA or whatever. And I'm finding which team I want to cheer for. I'm picking that one. And I have a new identity now as a human being. Is that ever all right? I know we got some dedicated fans in here. I'm interested to see what you guys say. We're going to get to that and a whole lot more. Still some more Flames talk and what the hell is going on with the Colorado Avalanche. So we have a lot to cover. Stay with us on Sportsnet 960, the fan. 28 minutes to go till we wrap things up here on Sportsnet today. My name is Peter Klein. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Primetime Klein. You can find me on the mornings for the next couple of days uh, starting tomorrow. Myself and Matty Rose are going to be hanging out there. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening in this time slot, uh, but I, it'll be something awesome, I'm sure. Uh, real Kipper and Born coming up uh, in a little bit. I almost got Born wrong this time. Look, you watch Mel Kuyper Jr. for 32 years, and it starts to wear on you a little bit. Uh, Flames talk coming up at uh, at 4 o'clock in the hockey PDO cast at 6 p.m. That is on your docket today. All right, I've been asking the text line this question all day. Now let, let's really get into this conversation. I want to bring Cam in here um, as well. Taylor's watching a musical in there. She can't be bothered. But uh, it's awful, by the way. It's absolutely dreadful. We're not going to rip someone's show on the air because all art is subjective, but that one is objectively terrible. But, um, Cam, there is a team in the NBA right now that is testing the patience of fans in ways that has never been seen before. And so that's why I'm asking the question today. Is it okay for you to bail on your team just simply because your team sucks? Again, if you're living, like if you are a Montreal Expos fan and they moved to Washington, I can see how you'd be like, ah, you know what? Go Tigers. Um, say like Atlanta Thrashers fans. I don't know how many of them followed the team to Winnipeg, or I, I don't know how many diehard Atlanta Flames fans there are who just followed the team to Calgary, right? Like that. If a team moves away from where you're living, I can see you being like, Hey, screw you guys. But if they're just bad, I don't know if you can bail on them. Uh, someone again, Raiders and Blue Jays fan at uh, rough riders and Raptors as well. Um, you know, stick with it. But there is one team that I think is testing it, and we have talked about it in here before. It is the 2-25 and 25 Detroit Pistons, who started the season 2-1. and one. Now, I know a lot of you are doing math in your head right now, uh, but this means they have lost 24 games in a row. Uh, they play the Utah Jazz coming up tomorrow. They lost on Monday to the Atlanta Hawks 130-124. Um, I can't remember a time 
where a team has been this bad. Uh, but Cam, this is an unbelievable run of just absolute suckage. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Yeah, um, Peter, I don't know. I've, I've been watching sports for, for a minute. I've been yep. in tune with the NBA since I was like 13. I've never seen a team tank this bad. Yeah. And I've seen the Charlotte Bobcats play. Right. <laughs> and that was a terrible team. And the worst thing about Detroit is they're not trying to be bad. No. They're not tanking. No, they're not tanking. They, they've, they've tanked. They've uh, tunked. Uh, like, they, they have Cade Cunningham, who was supposed to be the, like, apple of everyone's eye. Um, Bojan Bogdanovich, Jalen Duran, who's... Uh, it was supposed to be all right. Same thing with Jaden Ivey. Marvin Bagley Jr. Like, they have a few guys who they've brought in as, like, well, we suck anyway, so let's see. Like, Bagley, um, uh, Isaiah Stewart, James Wiseman, it, Kevin Knox even was a thing for a minute with the Knicks. But, yeah, that, that is the that is the startling thing. Is This isn't like a, oh, yeah, let's be real bad for Wemby. They tried that. Didn't work. Th this is just a, this team's really, really bad. Like, I... I I have followed a lot of real bad teams. Like I said, like I've I followed Raptors teams where I was like, you know what? Eric Williams maybe isn't so bad. I've I've been a Raider fan watching them take uh, Jamarcus Russell over Calvin Johnson. And so I tend to be like, if you're with your team, you're with your team. Because I've seen it come out the other way, right? As a Raptors fan, a lot of lean years there as a Raptor fan. And then they won in 2019 and I cried. Um, and so that someone texted in here saying... Uh, da, 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 da. I, I'm totally, it was Matt in Cochrane. I'm totally fine, but don't come crawling if that team turns it around. I think that's a very fair point. If you do decide, like, you know what? I am moving on. You are moving on. You don't get to go back to your ex after once they move into a nice shiny house and get a nice car. You, you don't, if all of a sudden uh, LeBron James is like, hey, you know where I need to be? Detroit. Um, you don't get to go back to being a Pistons fan if you bail on your team if they suck. I think that's a very fair rule to establish here. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, if if you're someone who you're a fan of the team, you're going to be there through the highs and lows. That's part of being a fan of a team. Is right. You're there for the highs. You're there for the championship game. You're there for when they pick first overall. Yes. You're there for lost 24 on the losing streak. Oh. Uh, like it's... The, the, I, I told you this uh, before our show started today. The thing that I'm worried about, their schedule right now, uh, they have the Utah Jazz coming up on Thursday. Jazz, not a great team. Uh, they have a back-to-back -back with Brooklyn. Um, they're at Brooklyn coming up on the 23rd. They are home against Brooklyn on the 26th. The, the Nets are fine. I mean, look, everyone's better than the Pistons who have won twice, and we're at game 27. But like th those are three games where if they won any of those games, be like, okay, yeah, that's not, it's not the Raptors beating the 96 Bulls or anything like that. Like, is it okay? If they beat the Celtics, that would be a minor miracle. December 30th, they play the Toronto Raptors. And I'm so worried that this team that's lost 24 games in a row will have lost uh, 28 games in a row as they head into Toronto for that game on the 30th. And this Raptors team dysfunction and all is the team that ends that streak like that is I have I, I am a huge Detroit Pistons fan for the next four games for them to get a win before they take on the Raptors not that losing to a team that's three and 28 is a whole lot better than two and 29 but I just don't want to be the one who lose who, who ends that streak and listen I I'm hopeful about this Raptors game but they, they're also a, a big mess yes but I also think Scotty Barnes might be able to equal half of their team scoring. <laughs> That's true. 
Yeah, like the the only thing is like that they've done a pretty good job of like matching up. Like OG gets to to play on the the, the top defender, and they've done some creative things. Like OG will guard uh, Jokic when the, the Raptors play the Nuggets. It's either tonight or tomorrow. It's tonight. Uh, you'll you'll see OG on Jokic. Like they do some creative things. The one thing would be like, all right, I don't know who to put our best defenders on because you guys don't have anyone who can score. Like I I don't we, we can't match. We, we, it, it's like the Bill Belichick thing. Oh, he takes away the other team's um, best option. Well, if they don't have a best option, what do you do? It, it's uh, it's quite the strategy. Uh, someone texting in here at 960-960. Um, PK, I watch zero NBA. Have the Pistons exclusively been playing the Harlem Globetrotters this season? That's from Greg and Varsity. It would make sense. It, it would it would certainly make sense. That, that would explain a lot. Uh, no, the, their last win, uh, it's against real NBA teams. Um, now, like they've... God, there's some bad losses in here too. Like there's, there's not even... Like they, they had a close one here against Atlanta. On the 18th, where they lost to the Hawks 130 to 124. They lost to the Bucks 146-114. Uh 124 92 to Philadelphia. 129-111 against the 76ers. 123-91 against the Orlando Magic. Um, there, there are some absolute butt kickings in here. Uh, pardon my language. It, it, it's just uh, absolutely dreadful. They have not won since October 28 when they beat the Bulls. 118, 102. Uh, so yes, I, I am wondering, diehard sports fans that you all are listening to sports radio here on a uh, Wednesday afternoon, is it ever okay to just be like, you know what, I'm out. Uh, let, let's go to the text line here and see what you guys are saying. Uh, fan when they win, fan when they lose. I, I think that's that, that's pretty fair. Uh, Rob in Calgary saying, can you give up on your team? Came from Calgary, cheered for the Leafs. Uh, Leafs used to go to Edmonton first, then Calgary. Their effort in Calgary was subpar. Got so frustrated with the poor effort, I started cheering for the Flames. <laughs> it, it's a fan scorned. Like, how dare you? I, I'm completely turning my back on you for forever now. Um, what else here? There, there's a couple more. Uh, what about the guys who just root for the losing streak? Um, Jim Rome comes to mind. I mean, like, at this point, you may as well. And the, the thing is, like, there are some awful teams in the association this year. Um, if you're like, oh, well, they've already got the, uh, the, the top pick in the NBA locked up, uh, you would be incorrect in that assessment. They are just two and a half games back of Washington and San Antonio for second and third place, uh, third worst place. So they could like not even get a top three pick this year based on how bad some of the, these other teams are. So uh, again, I don't want, I, I'm never one to legislate fandom. Um, I, I'm never like, the, oh, you're not a real fan if you don't do X, Y, Z. But like, if it seems like if it's affecting your mental health, like, I think you have a few things to work on anyway. But if it's affecting your, your mental health, like, yeah, bail 100%. You know, if, it, if it's actively ruining your days and life, then yeah, cheer for another team. Like, like all right, go Lakers, you know. But um, if it's just I, I'm tired of this team losing, I don't want to put up with it anymore. Yeah, grind through the bad times. Except like learn to love. Isaiah Stewart's 16 points a game. Learn to love Cade Cunningham with 27 points on 25 shots a game. Learn to love the, those sorts of things and the flaws of your teams. And it, it makes the, the good times better. Um, also in Detroit, like, it, it wasn't super recent they won it. I guess they, they've been bad for a while, too, haven't they? I was going to say. I think they're in year four of this uh, rebuild. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Cade Cunningham, they, they didn't get the first overall pick because they were awesome. Um, and I guess like those Pistons teams that won championships are kind of a, while, a real while ago now, 2004, I think. Yeah, right? 04. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a bit, 
since this Pistons team has actually been good. This is the most Pistons talk we've had on this radio ever. Uh, let's see here. Recently, they finished uh, 15th, 14th, 15th, 15th. This is in the Eastern Conference. Um, eighth, look at that, made the playoffs, swept in the first round. Ninth, 10th, 8th, swept in the first round. 12th, 11th, 11th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 8th, swept in the first round. Uh, and then they finished second uh, in 2007, 2008. So they have not won a playoff game since 2008 when they lost to the Boston Celtics in the conference final en route to the Celtics going on and uh, winning the championship that year against the LA Lakers. So you can understand being a frustrated Pistons fan. Now, that that was at the end of a good stretch where they finished um, like 2002, they finished second, then first, third, second, first, first, second, uh, then eighth. So, but no, that, that is, that is a long, long time of losing. It is, again, I'm not saying that you should bail. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm just wondering if you did. Uh, someone texting here, uh, depending how certain ethical situations are handled could have me change my allegiance. Yeah, that's, that's one where I'm hundred percent. Like if there was a, like you said, some kind of a, an ethical thing and you were not in line with how your team handled that, then 100%, it is cool to be like, all right, I'm out of here. Let, let's go find something else. I was not expecting to see this on the text line. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I, I underestimate basketball fandom um, in this city. Dylan from, uh, from Hinton Valley, Pistons fan here. What? I, I'm going to assume that's the first time that's been texted in on this radio station it ever. Has to be. Um, I'm not turning my back on them, even though they've been crap for a decade now. I stood by the Lions forever, and look at them now. Uh, yeah, look at them now. But, um, oh. yeah, that's a, that's, that's a rough go. But good for you for, for sticking with your team. Um, I don't give up on the Flames, but I won't go to games or buy merchandise anymore until they rebuild. Like, yeah, I'm not saying you have to go out every year and buy a jersey. Like, all right, guess it's a James Wiseman jersey this year for the Pistons. Oof. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not a great look. Um, goes right with your Ben Gordon jersey there. But... I, yeah, like you don't have to go support the team. I'm not saying go buy season tickets or anything like that. It just, it, it would take, like they would have to basically go 0-82 and then lose the lottery and get the fifth overall pick in the draft for me to be like, you know what? Maybe this team isn't for me. Um, but like, again, if it's starting to affect you in, in like real life ways, then absolutely bail. But stick with your team is, is what I would say through all of that. But uh, yeah, some great stuff there. On the text line, uh, if you cheer for a rebuild and don't buy tickets, you can't complain how pricey they are when they win. I guess there is uh, there is that as well. Let's get back into the Flames uh, conversation. We heard from uh, a number of different people on the team there in the last segment. They were back skating today, getting ready for a matchup with the uh, Anaheim Ducks coming up tomorrow. The, the lines all look the same, which it makes sense. Like, we kind of talked about them a little bit. Um, Dylan Duve hasn't blown us away um, by any stretch of the imagination, but they've won back-to-back -back games. So I don't know if you necessarily want to to start real like that's that tends to be a thing. If you win, you kind of keep things the same, move on. If they lose, you you, you tinker a little bit. Um, and the the Zari Kadri Pospisil line is actually going right now, like really going. So you don't want to mess with that. Sharon Govich doesn't get a goal in the last game, but that line has been working. So there there isn't a whole lot of options in the. Hey, can we get Jonathan Huberto going? Um, bag of tricks right now. So I, I think it makes sense that everything stays the same. Uh, and it looks like Markstrom was in the starters net. I mean, the dude got a bit of a break um, with the, uh, the the injury. So in terms of you know wear and tear, um, probably should be good to go. 
the Anaheim Ducks are the uh, the, the opposition for the, the Flames' next game. Uh, that one coming up again. It is it's tomorrow, right? I, I have been saying tomorrow this that whole is, time. That yes, is correct. It is a Thursday game. Oh, it's an eight o'clock game. Oh, that sucks so bad. Oh. All the energy just left my body there, <laughs> realizing that I am morning on Friday, and that is an 8 o'clock game against the Ducks. Oh, just go up 5 nothing in the first, or down 5 nothing in the first. I don't care. Just have it be over by the end of the first period so I can go to bed um, and got woke up by my coughing dog eight times during the night. Anyway, the stupid Anaheim Ducks play in the stupid Pacific time zone, and they're a stupid hockey team, but that's who the Flames are playing. Coming up, um, I keep waiting, or I, I shouldn't say keep. I kept waiting for the Anaheim Ducks to turn it around and kept waiting like, okay, this is the year that these guys are going to figure it out. These pieces are going to come together. And now I look at this team and I kind of don't like it. Um, I, I do think that um, while injured right now, Trevor Zegras is one of the more overrated players in the league. I think because he does some flashy things, it draws people to people's attention to him and they just think he's awesome all the time. Uh, but then you look at his numbers and it's like, oh, remarkably average. Um, Troy Terry is fine, but he's getting paid really good money. And I think that's a bit of a problem. Um, I've always liked Jake Silverberg, but at 33, I don't know if he's that guy anymore. Uh, like, Drysdale could be that guy, but he never stays healthy. Radko Gudis is their second highest paid defenseman. I don't think that's how you win hockey games. I, I just like, I look at this team. It's like, there's for, for how far along again, talking about rebuilds for, for how, how long we are into this rebuild process out in Anaheim. You'd think it would feel further along by now. So this is one of those games. You're coming off of a couple of real tough tests and quite frankly, have passed them, right? Like Florida, is a better hockey team than Anaheim beat them. Tampa Bay, much better team than Anaheim beat them. Um, so th this is one where for a, a Flames team that, again, feels like they are in a, a bit of a transition, but for the time being are battling for a playoff spot, this is one of those ones where they should come out and make a bit of a statement. Now, this hasn't necessarily been a team to do that all season long. It's been a lot of close games and things of that nature. It would be really nice, and not just for my sleep schedule, for the Flames to come out and be like, hey, you know what? we're just better than you and we're going to show it here on this ice surface. Like that, that's, that's the type of performance I would like to see from this Calgary flames team. It's just like, Hey, we're better than you in every area of this game. And we're going to prove it now and just kind of beat the crap out of you in this hockey game. That's, that's all I'm expecting from the Calgary flames coming up on Thursday is just complete and total dominance. That's, that's all I'm looking for. One team that you generally look for from that, are the Colorado Avalanche. And we played it off the top, but I want to get into it a little bit more because I, I kind of spun it into a, a Flames discussion. But I do think it, it's it's worth repeating, A, and Cam will play it in a sec. Um, it's worth repeating, but it's worth a bit more of a discussion because this is one of the model franchises in the NHL for the last little while. They've won a Stanley Cup recently. They've been a contender for it for forever. And now this is a team that feels like things are starting to shake loose a little bit. So let's hear the clip. Devon Taves after the Avalanche lost 3-2 to the Chicago Blackhawks last night. I mean, it's, it's self-awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to, how to play our game and, and know what it takes. And uh, if we have guys in here, I think we got some guys that think they're playing well and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's, it's frustrating to play with, uh, you know, play out though when, when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that, you know, you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on nice and 
uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So, um, you know, that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. And so that is such an interesting comment because I I view the Colorado Avalanche as a all for one and one for all sort of a team. Um, like I, I view them as a well-oiled machine, right? Like when you're looking at team building, they did the, the teardown thing, right? Like they were truly awful for a while and they got the picks out of it. They, they, they got, I mean, at first they got Duchesne um, and then they got McKinnon, Landis Cog, Kale McCarr comes in and they, they have every young defenseman you could ever possibly want. Like from a team building perspective, they fleece the Islanders on a Devon Taves trade. The, from every aspect of team building, they've kind of crushed it. Except for the goalie, but they, they don't really need that because they're that good. And But now it seems like things are starting to bubble. And it seems like there's starting to be a bit of a frustration there. And it's just, it's so out of what you would expect from this hockey team. It's really surprising to, to hear something like that. And it's not the first time, right? Like we were talking about it here during the break. There was the, the Rantanen thing calling out uh, Lekkonen's dad, right? Um, yeah. yeah um, for, for something that was said in Finnish on a radio show. Um, so like this, it, it feels like things are starting to kind of crumble around there. And this is a team right now without their captain. Um, I, I, I don't know if Gabriel Landeskog goes in there and they're like, oh, no, 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 uh, Renton and don't take offense to something someone's dad said, but uh, like, it, it feels like a team that wouldn't be coming off of the success Colorado has had. And so like this, this can't just be a one-off. I was frustrated with this game. This feels like something that's been building for a little bit. And so the avalanche, when this roster freeze is over, I would suggest are probably a team that makes a bit of a move to try to, I guess, shake things up a little bit or try to find the, the right mix. Cause they're still right there for top spot in the division and top spot, uh, top spot in the conference might be a bit out of reach. There's seven points back already, but uh top spot in the division is absolutely there for this avalanche team. Um, one more text or a couple more texts here at nine six zero nine six zero. Um, Greg and Varsity. You know what? Thursday night, I'm cheering for PK sleep schedule. Thank you. There we go. Appreciate it, Greg and Varsity. Um, Ducks fan here. I'm thinking. Uh, what are you talking about, Peter? I don't know. Seems like the Ducks are a great young team. They just need more time to not be young anymore and mature, so they're actually decent. I keep hearing that sentiment. I don't understand this whole young's man game, uh, young men's game idea. With all these teams with young players, are no good. Um, and that's fair. Like we have been a little bit spoiled in thinking, like, okay, yeah, these these young players just come in immediately and turn things around, and all of that is great. The issue becomes. This is now the fourth season in the league for Trevor Zegras, and he is now being paid $5.75 million. And with that, uh, the, the cap percentage, uh, it's 7% of the cap, so it's not a hindrance or anything like that. But because young players are having impacts quicker, trying to get paid quicker, so they are getting paid quicker, and then you have to fill in behind them, I think more is expected of you and you are expected to develop a little bit quicker. Also, we have a lot of evidence that these young kids are coming in and making these impacts right away. Not that Chicago's winning because Connor Bedard is there. It's not happening um, there right now, but we have seen a number of teams come out and like start to improve and start to build a little bit quicker than Anaheim has it. It feels like they've kind of been left behind a little bit from my perspective. And also like just the rest of the roster roster, I, I just don't like it. So maybe I'm just being a bit hard on, on Zegers, but I just don't, I don't know where the it comes from anymore. I think Drysdale will be great. 
Uh, but Terry's 26. I think he kind of is what he is at this point. And I don't know if he is a $7 million player anymore. That's just my thoughts on the Ducks. I'm sure I'll get into it more when I'm hanging out with Matty Rose on the morning tomorrow. That is what is going to be coming up uh, for me. Coming up on this radio station, it is Kipper and Bourne, and then Flames Talk at 4 o'clock. My name is Peter Klein. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Primetime Klein. If you like this but think, boy, I bet that guy could swear, uh, you could find my podcast. It's called Couch Potato Diary. I do it um, every day, even when I'm here. I find some time to do that. So that's where you can find more of me. Love chatting with you guys. As always, it is so much fun. Why don't we do it again tomorrow, bright and early, here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.